Welcome to DesignCast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the MYP design course like a pro. Stay tuned. Welcome to another edition of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host. And today I'm bringing to you a really interesting chat that I had with a gentleman named Evo Hanan. And if you haven't heard of Evo, he is everywhere. And so I can't wait for you to hear all about the things that he has going on, the different projects and the exciting things that he's doing. And it's ways for you to interact with him. He is a designer by trade and a design teacher by passion. And so I can't wait for you to hear all about that. Additionally, if you enjoy the episode, please make sure you leave a voice memo or a comment uh, over at Anchor. Also, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast because I'd love for you to not miss a single episode. I hope that things are going good for you where you are in your place. And remember, be good to each other. Welcome back to another edition of DesignCast, and I am so fortunate to have Evo with me here today, and I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. He is a really exciting guy, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear what all he has to say. So, Evo, thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much, sir. How's it all going in Seoul? It's going all right. We're actually down to single digits for three days in a row of cases, so they're talking about letting certain age kids go back to school and stuff, so we'll see. I'm not anxious to go back yet. How about you guys? What, what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. The, the government have done a really good job making sure that the numbers don't rise. We're currently remote learning, teaching from home. It's, it's going well. The government's been very supportive of it, provided digital resources and websites to support schools in the local area. Yeah, it's, it's good. We're not sure when things are going to go back. But at the moment, as educators, we are very well supported, which is good. That's awesome to hear. And so as educators, I don't know if everybody listening is familiar with all your great work. I'd love to hear a little bit about sort of your journey from a first year teacher to where you are today. I am always very anxious to hear those things. And so would you mind telling us a little bit about sort of your educational journey? Yeah, 100%. So uh, I mean, ever since I was a, a kid, really, I connected to engineering and mechanics and electronics. And I was always tinkering with things. And I don't know how many times I've electrocuted myself by trying to overpower and, and overclock certain things. Like remote control cars, helicopters, all sorts of crazy stuff, burnt out motors, rewired radios, televisions. So that got me into design as a student. I spent a lot of time in secondary school in the design workshops, developing really close relationships with my teachers. And that really inspired me to then go on to universities to study product design in Salford, which is in Manchester, close to Manchester, in the north of England. And then I went straight from there into being a design teacher. I did some freelance work on the side, which I continue to do even to this day. I started to teach on the Wirral, which is where I'm from in the UK, in the Northwest. And then six years after I started in 2007, I decided to take a leap into the international arena and moved to Dubai September 2007. And I've been in Dubai ever since. So this is 13 years in Dubai now. I'm in my third school, which is Dwight School Dubai. And I feel very fortunate that I get to teach and engage with students on my main passion, which is being 
creative, innovative, and a bit crazy at the same time. I know all about you have to be a little special kind of crazy to be a design teacher. So trust <laughs> me, I'm with you on that one. I want to ask you, to, uh, just to follow up a little bit, you mentioned that you've done some freelance design work. What kind of design work is that? So I've done some prog design work, some graphic design work, some design work for social media channels. I've done a bunch of things, really, a little bit of web design. It's quite cool because as you link with, it all really starts with me linking with companies for education purposes. And then from there, I end up getting asked to do things from a freelance point of view because they must like the style of the way I do things and so on. Over the past five years, I've connected with companies such as Adidas, Maserati, Burger Fuel. I've done some clothing, linked with some clothing companies as well, designed some websites for smaller startups. It's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. That sounds really exciting. I love that you've got kind of a side gig going on there and that it's not dependent upon, you know, you're not feeding your family with it necessarily, you know, that you have your day, regular day job, but then you have this exciting thing that you stay excited about, you know, and stay passionate about as you, you know, also teach. Cause it sounds like you're quite passionate about teaching as well. I wasn't saying that, but you know, yeah, it's yeah, no, it all feeds together. It's a full <laughs> yeah. circle. It's a full circle. Isn't that, and I, you know, I think you have to have that because if you only have your teaching, it's really easy to get burned out. And I think you have to have a balance there. So it's great to hear that you have that. I'm really intrigued by that. And right now though, you, you actually are on a new endeavor, the Ed Talks Live from Dubai. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yeah, 100%. So uh, again, creating, I've got a, a real passion for creating uh, passion projects. And I developed an idea called The Agency that I launched on Twitter on the 6th of November. And this was picked up very quickly by the Edu Twitter community. That led on to me developing and creating a series of agency sessions across the across North America, which were meant to be hosted at the end of March and the beginning of April. We had one in New York City, one in Houston, one in San Francisco, and then another that we planned very late on in the, in the program, really, in Toronto. Due to the COVID-19 outbreak, obviously flights were restricted. So then that turned into a live talk show format in the Burj Khalifa, which I was really excited about. And then movements were further restricted in Dubai, which then meant four days, literally four days before that event, I had to innovate. And that turned into a live YouTube talk show hosted from my home. To be honest, it's been a very positive experience. I've learned so much. I mean, our previous conversation uh, was about learning about um, StreamYard and, and then uh, OBS, wasn't it? It's just cool to enter this YouTuber world that I never thought I'd be part of. So very excited. The next show is the 25th of April. So it's this Saturday, at 11 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Dubai or Gulf Standard Time. I believe that's going to be 12 midnight in, in Seoul. There's going to be international guests. There's going to be $100 worth of prizes to win in our game show feature called Crack the Code. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's really cool. I love how adaptable you've been about that because <laughs> it's so easy for folks to just get really down about, you know, oh, now I can't do this or whatever. But it's great to hear how adaptable you've been with that. And it sounds really exciting. And I really hope that I can have this podcast ready to advertise that a bit for you. But I'll definitely have your link in the show notes so that people can go in and watch it after the fact and then also tune in for future events. When do you do those? About every two weeks or how, do, how often yeah, is that? It is every two weeks on a Saturday. And the reason why it's every two weeks is because I've still got a full-time job. I'm still a father 
of two little little monkeys. It takes me that much time just to make sure that I still have a healthy work-life balance whilst maintaining the quality of the show that I would like to have. So yeah, it's every two weeks on Saturday, same time. That sounds really fun. Are you planning on keeping that up for the foreseeable future or? Yes. So again, you know, when you open doors, uh, Jason, sometimes the room gets bigger and this room has definitely gotten bigger. I opened this door into a room that was for three shows, three ad talk shows that were essentially going to cover what we were going to discuss during these agency live sessions in the US. This has now turned into what looks like it's going to be at least the first 10 shows. And that's cool because it means that every show, I get to innovate a bit more. You know, I get to try a few more ideas. I get to be a design teacher in a live project. (laughs) I mean, this is essentially... This is essentially what it is, right? I'm, I'm living a design project. I'm just living it on a platform called YouTube and it's live. So yeah, it's, I think there will definitely be the first 10 shows. So that's 20 weeks worth of shows. And then let's see what happens from there. But yeah, it's, it's exciting times. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And I've watched the first two. I've watched bits and pieces of each. And you're right, each time you, you learn a bit more and it, this, the, the workflow becomes a little easier and a little bit more manageable. And then before you know it, you'll need less time to prepare and you'll need less time to get, you know, you'll have a flow to it. Yeah, that's awesome that you're working through that. I was about to ask you what you're excited about in the moment, but it sounds like I already heard what you're excited about at the moment. Yeah. But are, there some, are there some other things you're really excited about too yeah. that you're working on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, I'd say the first thing I'm excited about would be developing these new ways of teaching and engaging with my students. I'm going to start to look at possibly, I'm currently using zoom and using my virtual background as a like a virtual learning environment that i change and adapt as i'm teaching the students i'm very fortunate to have bought a a green screen so the clarity is very very high and possibly looking towards doing some youtube live sessions as well where the students can engage via youtube something that i know this generation are very keen to be part of so that's probably the first thing is you know my bread and butter you know developing that the Ed Talks live shows on YouTube. And then I've started to use Instagram recently. I started an Instagram, a new Instagram account on the 1st of, of January called Project Decade. And that's really a, a place where I'm starting to showcase how I do things. So how am I going about doing my Ed Talks live show? Why did I do it? How am I going about teaching remotely? What am I buying? It's almost like a diary of, of what I'm doing day to day through Instagram, this opportunity of, of doing Instagram live sessions has come up. So I'm looking at possibly developing these live sessions called seven days, which are live sessions with design thinkers, entrepreneurs, innovators, social media influencers around the world. And they essentially talk about their journey over the last seven days and the next seven days of their life. So yeah, let's see how that goes. It's just a new idea, but always ready to connect with people and try out new things. That is super exciting. And I'm going to add all of that to the show notes after I look them up myself <laughs> for my own personal, <laughs> my own personal viewing and listening pleasure. So that is that's pretty sweet. I'm sure that your students love having you around because you're really exciting and very charismatic, but also that you're staying up to date with the types of things that they would be interested in doing. And so I think that's really important as teachers that we try to connect with our students on more than just a class to class basis, but on a much more human level. And so 
yes, so hundred percent. So I think that you're definitely on the right track. That sounds really exciting, and I'm sure that your own kids they have so much fun with you. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned you're at Dwight Dubai, and I just hmm. want to shift gears a little bit just to talk about school, hmm. the school situation. We were talking earlier, and you're in your second year there. The school's two years old. Is that right? Yeah, it's in its second year now. So so yeah, it's it's like twenty twenty months old, I guess. And so are you the first design teacher to work there then? Yes, that's right. Yeah. What's been easy for you to implement in a brand new school and the kinds of resources have you found that helped you out with that implementation? Okay. So, I mean, let me just, let me just go over quickly the setup we have at Dwight. Dwight schools globally are schools that are IB through schools, PYP, NYP, and DP schools. And Dwight has campuses across the world. So original one was in New York, then London, then Seoul, then Shanghai, and then uh, Dubai. From there, I'm very fortunate to be teaching in one of their flagship programs called the Spark Tank. And this entrepreneur and innovation hub that we have at Dwight School Dubai is right in the center of the school. It's a two-floor design and innovation space. We teach product design and digital design at NYP level. We teach some design programs at PYP level, and we're offering DP next year. We have computers, we have 3D printers, laser cutters. Probably the most impressive part of the space is the second floor is like a mezzanine. So it looks over from a balcony onto the first floor. And it's a big open space for lots of students to be able to collaborate, work together, find their own little creative space where they can work. It's a really cool space, a really cool space. And then from there, because the NYP program is an inquiry-based program, it allows you to constantly innovate and allows you to put in new ideas and be creative. And that in itself really kind of ignites a fire inside design teachers in general. And and for someone like me, because it's flexible, my ideas can get so much bigger with what I want to achieve. So yeah, it's a really cool space working with local educators of different curriculums, not just MYP, British curriculum as well, enables me to further my kind of outlook and open up my ideas with both physical and and digital resources. That is awesome. And it sounds like you're very well resourced and you know, Dubai is a a hotbed for all kinds of activities when it comes to technology and innovation. And so it sounds like you're really well positioned in that place and a new school. It sounds really exciting. It is. Yeah. I just, I feel fortunate about well, I do need to say something here. Don't teachers, and, and, and I've been in this position where I've had very little, innovate with what you have. You know, if you have very basic equipment and if you have very limited resources, that shouldn't limit how you promote innovative thinking. That shouldn't limit how you promote creative thinking. You know, even like a little bit like what you've just said, I don't have computers and 3D printers and laser cutters at home, but I'm constantly innovating to try and engage with my kids so they can can be creative using cardboard boxes, recycled materials, developing little, you know, huts and houses using the cushions from the sofas. <laughs> you know, I really don't want to speak. I do not want to speak from a viewpoint of a, a teacher who accesses technology because they, he relies on the technology because I don't. I'm fortunate to have access to this technology, Jason, do not get me wrong. But I've been very much in situations where I've had access to no digital technology at all. And we were 
were still able to achieve very high marks in our exams and our coursework with the right approach. For anyone who's listening out there, don't innovate with what you have. Innovate. It's your mind that empowers the students, not the gear. It's the way you talk. It's the way you link what's happening in the classroom to what's happening outside of the classroom. What you're saying to what somebody else has said, what you're promoting as an idea to something that's that's going to enable them to link to a future career in robotics or AI or smart technologies. You know, these are things that don't cost any money to make our students enthusiastic and love being creative and innovative so they can essentially contribute to make the world a better place. That's the, the key message, my friend. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I've been in lots of different situations and ultimately it's about the passion. It's about the creativity. It's about the bringing out of problem solving and innovative inquiring mindsets that we're looking to do. And you can do that with cardboard, just like you could do that with 3D printer filament, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so 100%. You're absolutely right. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I love what you're saying and it's it's exactly it's exactly my mindset as well. And, and you know, I think both of us have, uh, you know, quite a bit of, of design teaching experience. And so it's great for people to hear that are, you know, new to the field. Don't be too worried and hung up on equipment and tools and, and toys, so to speak, but to really think about building a solid program that, in, you know, encourages critical thinking, encourages and the use of the design cycle and, and how to communicate. Communication is and collaboration are incredibly important skills in design. You know, whether it's all the way from talking to your client to testing your product or whatever it is later, that's not going to change. You know, the tools will change, but the actual approach will not. Yeah, and we need to support each other as well. We are limited in our numbers, Jason. You know, internationally design, albeit we value it as one of the key subjects. It's a subject that it's probably the only subject in the curriculum that number one is as forward thinking as it can possibly be because it's not based on past experiences it's based on current and future trends and number two it links to every single subject in the curriculum directly I think you must have read my mind because that's exactly what I say on our daily basis <laughs> is that <laughs> everything sort of radiates out from the epicenter that is design I feel yeah. like that you're right. And, you know, actually part of the reason for starting this podcast in the beginning was that I really wanted to connect with folk and I really wanted to, you know, help people because we are so far flung and spread out, mm -hmm. but yet it's such a critical and such an important field that we can't afford to not be connected as a network. You know, I think it's incredibly important that we do that. What kind of networking do you do? Do you have a group of folks that you connect with in Dubai or in the region or how do you keep connected to the local design community? So we, we have a, a fairly small group that connects in Dubai. It could be more regular, but as you know, we do end up getting quite busy. I would say, fortunately, I've expanded my network across many subject areas now. So my PLN on Twitter is quite far reaching now. I think I was looking at my map a few days ago for followers engagements. And I think I have followers, education followers and, and, and relationships, digital relationships 
relationships with people from about 90 countries. I think there's a lot to be learned as an educator, you know, from whatever subject area you are, you teach, right? But I would like to, how about it right now? How about we commit ourselves, Jason, to starting a, uh, a global design alliance? What do you think? Let's you get people what? involved. You read my mind. It, sound, it sounds what great. You, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Evo, I think there's been lots of attempts at that, whether it be on different platforms or different whatever. It has steam for a little while and then it and then it kind of fizzles. And so I agree. I think we have to do it and we have to be committed to maintaining that momentum because that is the crux of why it will survive or not is to keep that momentum going. So I agree. I, I think let's do it, Evo. And folks let's who are listening, it. let's do it. You know, let's make this thing happen. Okay. So let's have a look. This The date today is Monday, the 20th of April. As you know, Jason, design teachers are functional people. We like to make sure that these things are going to happen. So Jason and I are going to put something out to the community. Let's give ourselves a time frame, the 20th of May. So by the 20th of May, teachers will be receiving something that will enable international and international group of design educators to connect and support each other through digital, physical resources, so on and so forth. Jason, what do you think, my friend? I think that's a perfect timeline. Let's make it happen. I think 2520 sounds good to me. But yeah, I think so. I think that we have to do something. We'll just sit out there on all of our interwebs and, and see what we can get rolling. I agree. I think that's very exciting and I think it's highly necessary and I think it's imperative that we owe it to our students to do it and we owe it to ourselves because as you said, you know, that work-life balance is incredibly important. People are hungry for information and hungry for collaboration, you know, with folks that have all kinds of different backgrounds. So let's do it. Sounds good to me, Evo. Thanks, Jason. Uh, it's always, you know what? It's always great to speak to you, to connect with someone as passionate as yourself. So yeah, thank Absolutely. you very much. I hear, I hear your passion, man. And so, you know, <laughs> speak, speaking of inspiration and passion, who are some of the folks that you do go and get inspiration from? Uh, you know, it's it's a constant flow. I got asked this yesterday during a, like another another session that I had. People asked again, they, they said, you know, what books do you read? What blogs? And I actually said for the last three or four months, I've put all those things to the side and it has been people. It's been a flow of people on social media, people like yourself who run your own podcast, something I haven't even, even started to attempt at doing. People who are coming into my life from all sorts of all these different channels. And it's like a constant kind of flow, daily flow of inspiration. So I can't really, right now, I couldn't really put my finger on anyone who's doing it constantly because it's changing. But what I can say is there are some key, there's, just, there's some very key kind of influences to my style and the way that I push myself to go further. And a lot of these names you will have heard of. James Dyson, Norman Foster, obviously Steve Jobs with their constant mentality to innovate. And probably one of the people I have a lot of respect for is Elon Musk, not because of his wealth, but because of his early days of the amount of kind of pressure he put himself under to take risks, to fail, to go forward, to move back, to go forward. And, you know, the, the rejections that he went through to try and get to where he is now. In this day and age, his lifestyle is almost unheard of. And it's something that, you know, if you dig into, it's quite inspiring, really, what he's managed to achieve with the very little he, he started with and the sacrifices he's had to make in order to get to where he is. Yeah, now check these people out if you don't already know 
know who they are. No, already yeah. know much more about them. I'm sure right. you know who they are. Right, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting to hear that you mentioned Elon Musk because folks who are busy doing lots of things, often they ruffle some feathers of other people too. <laughs> you know, they're not going to make everybody yeah, yeah. happy on their way. And, and so it's also interesting to hear, you know, about his family. You know, his mom is a creative and his brother is mm. a creative and, and they're in all kinds of different places. And so it's really interesting to hear their mindset and where their inspiration comes from and why they're creative and uh, why they take risks, you know, where, like yeah. you mentioned, you know, not everybody is built to take that kind of risk, you know, like no, they're, no. they're just not made for that. And so it's really interesting to, to hear that you brought him up because I agree. I, I really love to hear stuff that he mentions. And I thought he was an absolute crazy person when he said he was going to put all the Hyperloop stuff up for free um, and open mm. source it out there for the world. But he also understood that by doing that, you're giving it back, you're making it part of the crowdsourced mm. nature and in that ecosystem. And I think it's probably done a lot better as a result. So, I mean, the guy's a visionary, definitely. And I think it's great that you brought him up. And I do, I find inspiration from him as well. That's awesome, man. I love to hear that. And I love to hear people's passion. I, can, I know everybody listening can hear your passion. And um, <laughs> so you. if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Okay. So I'd say the first port of call would probably be my website. I now have my own website, which is even having my own .com makes me excited. So it's Evo Hanan, E-V-O-H-A-N-N-A-N.com. I'm quite a regular user on Twitter. So that's Evo underscore Hanan. I obviously have now this YouTube channel, which you can find if you type in Evo Hanan, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will come up. If it doesn't, you can type in, I think it's tiny.cc slash edtalks. And then my Instagram, which is again, fairly new. And that's called Project Decade, named after the idea that I will basically run the next 10 years of my life as a, a live project. And I will share my experiences with everyone during that time. So yeah. <laughs> There you go. That's that's <laughs> awesome, man. I love that. And I love the inspiration that is infectious when people talk to you. I'm sure that everybody who's around you feels energized after having had a conversation with you. You're not a drain on them. You energize them. <laughs> you know, and so that is awesome. It's been so great talking to you and listening to what inspires you. And I am so excited to listen to where your vision is. You've got so much going on and, and I want to keep up with you. So I'm hoping maybe we can plan something maybe in the fall after you've gone through these first stage of your ed talk live from Dubai kind of stuff. And let's see yeah. where you are. Does that sound good? Can we have you back yeah, on? Yeah, that sounds good. Absolutely. Jason, it would be a honor. I mean, I'm honored that you've even put me on your show in the oh, first place. Oh, the honor place, so would be all mine, back. Evo. It's so great to hear from you, man. And I really appreciate it, man. And I know that you're a busy man. So I think for now, I'm going to kind of wrap it up. But thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to talk to me. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for having me. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.